recording is going and three two and one actually one second you're i'm picking up a lot of i'm picking up your typing really yeah um so i'm just gonna have to not type at all were you gonna need to type a lot can you write uh, stuff down <laughs> yeah i guess all right i'll just won't type at all okay sure. well tell me i'm gonna start typing something tell me if you can hear it on my end okay Nothing. Okay. Uh, go to go to your settings on the bottom. It says settings. Go to audio. And do you have the automatically adjust mic volume clicked? Let's see. Automatically adjust mic volume. It is. It is clicked. Or it has okay. a check on it. Okay. Uh, echo cancellation. Echo cancellation's on. Okay, I think we'll be fine. Yeah, all right, just don't type. Got it. Just don't type. Or if you do, type quick. All right. <laughs> all right, here we go. Ready in three, two, and one. Hey, everybody, welcome to episode one of the Doctrines of Rad podcast. This is a uh, complete new thing that uh, myself and Logan have, have decided to do. Uh, to be completely transparent, I had to pull uh, Logan's teeth a little bit to get him to do this, um, but not for the wrong reasons. Um, you guys may know my, me and Logan and I from uh, TikTok, where we uh, actually, Logan pre predominantly does, uh, you know, theological type Christian uh, TikToks talking about the love of God and answering people's questions. Uh, for myself, I typically do political satire stuff. However, that is not my passion. My passion truly is uh, the Word of God and discussing theology uh, and doctrines. And so we are both believers. We have been, uh, well, we're going to discuss, and you guys are going to get to know us a little bit here. But uh, you can find us on YouTube and on TikTok for right now, and then more platforms to come in the future. Um Let's go ahead and get started with uh, Logan. Why don't you tell us who you are, man? Like, Yeah, so uh, uh, my name is Logan, right? Logan Burns. Uh, I recently was a uh, captain in the United States Army, and I got a call from God to uh, go and do his work, right, to uh, become a minister and uh, pursue uh, either chaplaincy or pastoral ministry specifically uh, full-time. Um, but in that process, I received a, a significant amount of church hurt um, mm. that I recently had healed from. And uh, I think that's just uh, one of the reasons why I wanted that to be our first topic of discussion today, because it is so new. Uh, mm. and current, it's a wound that is currently uh, healing. So, um, but yeah, I, I'm married. I have uh, a daughter. She's three. My wife, uh, her name is Shelby, and my daughter's name is Sailor. It's kind of kind of sums me up. And I'm a sailor, so let's start. That's a great segue for that thing, slogan. Uh, I am Drew. Uh, I did 20 years in the Navy. Uh, that is actually not why Logan and I are connected. It's just kind of interesting that it happens to be the, the military experience happens to be something that we share. Uh, but really, the, the predominant thing is is the fact that we both love Jesus and we both really desire to, to serve and glorify him in all that we do. Um, I am retired now. I've been retired for almost two and a half years. Uh, very similar, actually, Logan. I think, and we've talked about this before, but I 
I thought about the chaplain program while I was still active duty. Uh, I, I was a Navy chief. I was enlisted, so I wasn't, you know, hoity-toity like Mr. Logan over here wearing his officer pants. They're nice pants. Yeah, they are they're, nice pants. They're expensive pants. <laughs> they, they are very expensive pants, yeah. I found out when I made chief, that was the first time I had to buy, like, a whole bunch of new uniforms. That's right. Um, but uh, I'm also married. I've been married for 20 years. I have four kids. Uh, my oldest is an, a, an adult, and he's married on his own. Uh, and then I have a 15, 12, and 6-year-old. My daughter is my youngest, so three boys and a little girl. Um, I've been saved for definitely over 20 years. I want to say I'm closer to like 22 now uh, that I've known Jesus. Nice. Uh, yeah, it's – there's a lot of weird – like I'm at the point in my – like I'm at the stage in my life uh, – at the age that I'm at with the kids that are the age that they're at, I'm retired from my job. I've been married for a you know, significant amount of time, but I don't feel any of those things. I don't feel old. I don't mm. feel like I could be a grandpa at any you know point in the near future. Right. Uh, I just feel like a little kid most of the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're on like different spectrums of the, of our life cycle, aren't we? Yeah. We're two yeah. different places. Like I'm just starting my marriage and, well, I mean, we've been married for six years, but like you're, you got kids that are, you know, they're, they've moved out. <laughs> Basically you could be one of my kids. Yeah, I could be. Yeah. <laughs> Dibs. Maybe not quite. Yeah. I'd have to be 10 years old. I think at that point to have a, to have a child, uh, if it's 31, be your age. Yeah. <laughs> but so we are exactly, uh, we're almost exactly 10 years apart. Uh, when do you turn 32? February. February. Okay, so you just turned 31 then. Mm -hmm. So I'll be I'll be 42 in June. Okay. So I'm about uh, uh, 10 years and six months I think ahead of you. But that's great because th this gives us a perspective now. Uh, so we're laying the foundations for everybody to kind of understand. But this this can kind of give you guys a little bit of a perspective of our backgrounds, uh, the experience that we have because we're not going to sit here and try to tell you things that uh, we don't know. Or that we're, you know, ignorant about. We're gonna do the absolute best of our ability to have uh, honest intellectual conversations about scripture, about God, about uh, theology, uh, and, you know, ultimately just to to keep the conversation going. Like, so if I were to tell you my view of what what I thought this podcast was gonna be, Logan, I, I would say uh, I just want people to see two nor normal, as normal as possible people having uh, regular old conversations about the goodness of God, uh, the truth of God, and, uh, and, and to feel like they're not alone. Maybe they have some interesting thoughts theologically. Uh, maybe they're, uh, as we're going to talk about Reformed theology, but maybe it's something that they're processing and trying to learn uh, and, and discover uh, and so with that, with that being said, uh, what is your view? Like how, when you picture this podcast going, what, what is your ultimate kind of like goal or idea for, for, for this thing? The ultimate goal. Um, if, if we could just get one person to come to just, not just know God, right. But to act absolutely with everything in their like being trust him. Yeah. Um, I think that is a successful podcast. Uh, just no. teach people like what it means to one one just in one aspect intellectually understand okay there should be a god right mm -hmm. because like 
the, the law of causality, you know, we have different things that uh, we can prove that there is a, a deity, right? But not just that he's not impersonal, impersonable, right? That he, yeah. he, is, he is somebody that we can tangibly have relationship with and trust him. Um, yeah. If, if we can, if, if one person walks away from that, from this uh, podcast and experiences that, then that's success. Yeah, and, and you know, I'll, I'll add not to one-up you or anything, but I think even if not one person walk you know walks away and watches this and feels like they've come out of it, but if, if you and I can sharpen each other, Amen. if we can uh, if we can hold each other accountable and help, you know, uh, learn or, or work through some things that we've been working with, you know, or working through in our spiritual lives, to me, the benefits, uh, you know, the Bible says that God's word does not return to him void. And any time that we're having a conversation and we're speaking about the goodness of God, uh, something will happen. I believe that within the core of my heart that, uh, it, you know, this doesn't fall, it's not in vain. It doesn't fall on deaf ears. Uh, everything happens for a purpose and a reason. Uh, and we may not realize that this could be a podcast that is only watched by a handful of people and it never reaches out. But if that handful of people can go from this level of their love and knowledge of God to this level, absolutely done, right? Like we've, we've successfully done the thing that we're supposed to do. And, um, one thing I would say, you know, because I think one pe- some people will have, uh, they'll have the the uh, objection to like, well, why, why, why have a why talk about God in this way? Why have these discussions? Shouldn't this be left to uh, churches? Shouldn't this be left to um, small groups or Bible mm-hmm. studies or something like that? Uh, to me, I would answer is like, you know, we're called to love God with our heart, soul, and our mind. And most people leave out the mind part when it comes to, um, you know, when you exercise, when you're working out, you, you, you work out as much of your body as you can, but it's also healthy to have a good mindset. People agree. I think scientists agree, uh, that having a, a good mindset, um, knowing why, when you work out, what you work out and, and different muscle groups and how that works, it's all part of the entire package. And it's great to worship. It's it you it's it's mandated to worship. Uh, it's it's mandated to to join collectively with other believers in worshiping God. Uh, and I think it should also be just the importance should also be on our own personal growth in our understanding of how you know who we are, who God is, and and so on. What do you think about that? No, absolutely. So, um, I mean, we're. So we're talking about worship, right? And when you said that, I was, okay, so if this is a form of worship where we are glorifying God through a podcast, through a, through a different platform that just by happenstance reaches somebody mm. and our worship does not return void, right? Yeah. Um, the, the most beautiful thing that God could give us is himself. And it's actually a, a, a mercy and a grace and a gift to us that we – have a concept and an ability to worship a holy and righteous God. Can you imagine uh, out of all the possible worlds God could have created mm. a world where we couldn't worship him or know him, that we were just here? Well, and, most people, <laughs> I mean, if you really, if, if you break it down to what a lot of people believe, a lot of people kind of, there are people out there that really do think that God is very hands off on the world, that he kind of set things into motion and then left it 
and and you know he knows the end, he knows the beginning, but he's just like leaving it all for us to figure out. How do you how do you respond to that? Uh, so I, I mean a few things, right? So I don't think what is that deist. Um, we obviously I, I hold that God's special revelation is is you know the Bible is His inerrant, infallible Word, um, and it is the means at which He chose to communicate with us. There's certain things about His character and His love that we get to uh, fully come to understand just by reading Scripture alone. Um, now, say the person doesn't accept that the Bible is proof or uh, an accurate um, description of his character, his his desire to be one with his creation, uh, then I would just tell him to look at the world around him, right? Mm. The, the, the world, everything minus us, minus man, glorifies him and is obedient to him. Mankind is the only one, only created thing that shakes its fist at him. And the simple fact that they could deny Mm. That God isn't there in, in in one aspect, them being made in the Imago Dei is, is proof of that simple fact that out of all the things in creation that will glorify him, you are the only thing that won't. And that wow. means there's something specific about you, right? And if there is something specific about mankind, um, I don't think I don't think God would leave us to be alone without him. Right. Yeah, I think that's great. And uh, for I don't know what the level of people on this show that will watch this. Uh, so just if if people have questions, if you guys ever have questions on something that we say during this uh, show, when we're, whether we're doing it live or we're doing it recorded like today, uh, doctrines of uh, doctrines of rad at gmail.com is our email. So you can send us email. I'm going to have uh, eventually I'm going to be working out a program. It's a super chat program, which will allow people to send uh, chats that we can read also gives opportunity for donations and stuff like that. If we get to that point, uh, it's not a priority right now. Um, but, uh, you said Imago Dei, and I just wanted people to understand, like, that means the image of God. That is when, when we, we're going to say things and Logan and I specifically, uh, we're going to say, we're going to use some Christianese that people aren't going to understand. <laughs> yeah. So, sorry. We'll, We'll try our best to do – no, and it's totally cool. You're going to catch me on stuff too, so make sure, you know, if I say something, let's clarify for everybody out there. But, you know, we both believe that God has created human beings in his image. And if they're, if we've been created in God's image, then there's something specific about human beings over any other creation, just like what Logan says, that makes us unique. And what a lot of people maybe – some people will lose in that translation being made in his image is some people will think, well, then we're just made to be like God, you know, mm. he's made us to be like God. And that's a, that's a huge fallacy in that. I mean, what we want to do, what I think what we attempt want to attempt to do is break down questions and maybe common misconceptions within scripture, within Christianity as a whole, uh, yeah. specifically within reformed doctrine, because uh, just saying the word, you know, Calvinist for some people <laughs> is like, like, there's probably somebody right now that just turned off that they're, they just were like, Oh, I knew these, I knew these guys were Calvinists. These oh no, not the Calvinists. Uh, but we are. And uh, it's, it, 
that's not the focus of this podcast, although I think we will talk a lot about it doctrinally in order to answer questions. But we want to get everybody to a place to where even if you don't like see eye to eye with us, you can understand where we come from. You can understand why we say what we do, uh, what we back up, what we say and how we do that. Uh, but let me just clarify episode number one. Let me, let me start off. Uh, we're 16 minutes in. We haven't even said this yet, but, uh, I don't, and I, I think I can speak for both of us here, Logan, but please correct me if I'm wrong. Um, you do not have to be a Calvinist to be saved. Yeah. And I really want to drive that point home because, uh, you will find on, on both sides of the spectrum that some people either believe that, that we believe that, which we don't, uh, or that uh, – and, and there will be Calvinists out there that actually do – you know, will say stuff like that. And I think that uh, – yeah, do you have anything that you want to add to that specifically? I mean if, if you're – I don't care what your soteriology is, right? That is the doctrine of like salvation um, or how a person is saved, right? How the – how we come into uh, – you know, a redemption with God. Um, like regardless of you're Arminian or Molinist or Calvinist, um, it's, it's, it's literally about your, your, your regeneration, uh, through the Holy spirit, you being born again. Um, and I mean, we're, we're fallible creatures and we're going to have, uh, different interpretations of scripture. Um, Mm -hmm. some, some of those are, really bad interpretations and their people are in error. Um, and it's the, it's the body of Christ, right? The church's responsibility to help edify each other to come to uh, a better understanding of scripture. But I mean, so if you're Arminian, you'll still go to heaven. You'll just probably be like a janitor in heaven. You, know? you, you, you just, you, you won't have no crowns, none. Just kidding. That's a joke. That is um, a joke. Sort yeah. <laughs> no, it, it is. Uh, that is true. I, I like and, and that's please don't take anything for those of you guys watching. Like, let's all just simmer down. And, and you know, you don't have to agree with everything that we say. You don't have to agree with most of the things that we say. But but understand contextually, like where our heart is. You know, mm. if we're if we're burning, you know, we're, we're making fun of Arminians or Molinists or even fellow Calvinists. It, 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 it comes from a place of, of, of love. Uh, it's almost like a brotherly making fun of in some ways. Uh, unless you're one of those dirty, dirty oneness gospels, then we're going to talk smack all day long. All day. Uh, all day. Uh, you need to repent and actually know who Jesus is. With um, love. With love. I, I wanted to add, so scripture, uh, you were talking, and I think this is, this is a good Bible verse for, uh, for what you just said. Proverbs 12.1, uh, whoever loves discipline loves knowledge but he who hates reproof is stupid it actually says that in the esv <laughs> again i'll say it again so this is proverbs 12 1 whoever loves discipline loves knowledge mm. but he who hates reproof which is co- being corrected correct he who hates reproof is stupid it's stupid <laughs> yeah straight up <laughs> just straight up stupid uh, way to go yeah. esv ESV is is that so that's my personal favorite version of of the Bible. Do you have a uh, do you have a personal? Yeah, so I use ESV uh, mainly because uh, most pretty much most of the SBC uh, uses ESV. Um, now I am not a 
an elder or a leader in the SBC or even a officially affiliated in any way. Um, but uh, it is kind of where I lean more. The, currently, I'm looking for a church, and we're church hopping right now, trying to find a place uh, to call home. Um, yeah, yeah. So, you know, we, we well, do jump from one SBC to another. Let's talk about that. You, it's a good segue for church hurt because you actually have a very interesting kind of a, a story personally mm-hmm. that happened pretty recently uh, in regard to not only your theological view, uh, but where you, you know, where you've been called by God. Uh, you've kind of had a, a church hurt thing happening. So, and so for those who don't know what church hurt is, essentially it's just the damage that can and sometimes will be done, uh, whether intentionally or un- unintentionally, by members of the church. It could be pastors, elders, uh, even fellow yeah. believers. Uh, but you, you have a very, uh, just a relevant story for that. Would you, would you mind sharing that? If you don't want to, it's totally fine. Yeah, so I, uh, uh, I joined a church as an intern uh, with a particular goal and certain things that needed to be accomplished a part of my internship. Um, and those things were not being accomplished because um, I want to say the the and I, I, I I'm, I'm speaking for this individual because we never were able to reconcile in a way uh, that was honest um, as, as many times as I tried. Mm. Um, but uh, there were there were certain things that needed to be accomplished that were not. Um, not being fulfilled. Um, I wasn't allowed to preach for some reason. I wasn't allowed to teach and lead for some reason. I was being um, pushed away. Uh, and when confronted about it, um, the, the gentleman kind of blamed me for mm. not being discipled and not being led and mentored, um, which was a sign. Really? Yeah, yeah. So he, uh, there, uh, the, the gentleman was 74 years old, so this church is stuck in its way. But I mean, the church itself is uh, from 2001, right? They is a okay. it was a church split, and that church went and started a church, and that's um, how that church came into to being. Um, I wish I would have known that before I took my intern, uh, internship oh, there, because I would have had more questions um, about the split and mm-hmm. the pastor himself. Um, it uh, it basically climaxed at us having a discussion, um, me telling him that, hey, I'm leaving. I'm not going to continue my internship here. Uh, and uh, me basically explaining my reasons. And once again, uh, none of the blame was on him. It was all on me um, for not believing the way that they do. Uh, yeah. One of those things is the fact that I'm a Calvinist. Um, right. So he could not in good conscience um, – he could not in good conscience ordain me. He could not uh, in good conscience let me lead or preach in his church because it would cause confusion. Right. Uh, because he felt that I was an heir for my my beliefs. Um, that's cool. Which is cr- like, I get that. Can I interject <laughs> for one second? Like, Please do. So, so you got this – you've approached this man and you've said, hey, listen, you know, this is my heart. Uh, I would like to intern. I, I – and, it, you know, in, interning in a church situation is typically kind of sitting under the pastor, um, you know, taking kind of tasks, but also being taught uh, how to pastor, how to how to lead, how to preach. Like there's so much 
there's a lot that goes into it. So you've gone out of your way at this point to talk to him and say, hey, this is my heart. This is what I want to do. Now, at this point, does he know your theological view or are you just like uh, no, getting to learn each other? Never, never got a chance for us to even have that conversation on, nor do I think he has an in-depth knowledge to mm. have that kind of conversation. Um uh, based on what he could explain to me, what he, because when I told him I was a Calvinist, he was like, well, I didn't know that. I would never let you intern here if I would have known that. Um, I was like, well, it's that's kind an of your job. Immediately upon his ability to like, I'm, I don't want to speak, you know, very negatively towards him, but like, if he didn't know that at the beginning, like it, what interest did he, what did he even know about you? Like, uh, obviously, I'm asking all of the questions that you've asked yourself. Yeah. He yeah. knew that I was in the military and that I right. needed to intern somewhere and was trying to become an Army chaplain. And right. he wanted to help out. But that's where it stopped. But he had a contract written up on certain right. things that were supposed to be fulfilled, um, of which he, he later on said that uh, you know, he never got the contract. When I, I have text messages of him saying, hey, can you can you uh, send it again? Can you email it again? I never mm-hmm. Got it, and then he's like, "Oh, I got it, but I can't scan it and send it back." And like, I'm like, "Okay, man, sure, you never got it." Um, now, I, right. I've I've forgiven him for a lot of stuff, and the, the reason it hurts so bad is because um, I kept trying to build a relationship, and there's certain things that I'm leaving out that were said and done. Sure. Um, I, I I just made myself vulnerable and put myself in a position where I can be mentored and and led and. In hindsight, um, certain things were revealed to me after I had left the church that I am grateful that the Lord had sheltered me from Ooh. his mentorship. Yeah. Um, that uh, I, I'm i glad now. Yeah, absolutely. Having, having some information now uh, that I I could not uh, be mentored by this individual. Yeah. Um, and it kind of just all made sense at that moment. Uh, that additional information that came out, I was like, oh. Yeah. Well, that explains it. Um, there, there's something to be said about traditions and how they kind of infiltrate a person's mind and their culture and their behavior. Yes. And it, it becomes so consuming that the tradition needs to be uh, held to such a high pedestal that mm. scripture itself and you know Christian liberty becomes almost frowned upon. Right. Um, so this was a King James only church. And I uh, didn't know that going in because this wow. was an S. So here's the thing. They fall under the SBC, um, but they're an independent fundamental Baptist church that fell under the Georgia Baptist Convention wow. and somehow back under the SBC, um, which is kind of deceitful for me because I was like, hey, I was under the impression um, that this was a Southern Baptist church, um, you know, so on and so forth. Um so from the beginning, from the very get go, yeah, it was just it was just like me almost being set up for failure. But in hindsight, it, all of it uh, helped me grow in in such a way. You ever hear the phrase like, you know, you you learn more from bad leadership than you do good. Leadership. Oh yeah, dude, right? I was in the Navy like, oh. for twenty years. I was <laughs> yeah. the leadership. No, I'm kidding. I, wasn't <laughs> I think I was pretty good. Yeah. So that. Um, now I'm still praying for this individual and I'm praying for that church. And the, there's a yeah. lot of people in the church that I love to death. Um, but it, it uh, really made me take a second because that was the first time I ever uh, experienced being kind of ostracized and just 
a feeling so alone inside the body of Christ that I, I, I felt like I had no place. And wow. so it was just six months of me trying to like mm-hmm. figure out why things were happening the way they were, like doors weren't opening. And then right. um, the way I was shunned just kind of kind of wow. hurt. Yeah. Would um, So for those that don't know about what a KJV only church is, okay? So th- this is actually... Uh, there some of these churches kind of border border on a, a cult line when it comes to uh, the view. What, what it really means is when we say KJV only, so the King James Version of the Bible, uh, I believe it was 1611, right around that time that it was uh, that King James decided to gather all of the the scripture to make a you know a Bible that would be uh, readily accessible and for people to read and and uh, and it was in the King's English, right? Uh, you, correct me at any point, because I, I definitely didn't study this before I started saying it. So, uh, But these churches believe that uh, the only authorized version of the Bible is the King James Version. And one of the appeals to it is that it sounds poetic. It's, it's a romantic-sounding, kind of older... You know, when you watch like a, I don't know, what's the what's the latest, uh, you know, English TV show, Bridgerton, I think. I don't even know. I don't watch it, but like Downton Abbey, it gives you this feeling of like, yeah. oh, this is this this has some authority to it. It has it feels, uh, you know, the the language again is it's it's way more poetic. It's an old timey kind of uh, feel to it, so it feels like it has a a, a bit of authority, but people will go to the extremes of, of that and say that that is like, if you read anything else, you're reading like the devil's mm. version of the Bible. Yeah. Uh, do you ever follow? That's where, that's where it becomes a problem. Do you ever follow that Stephen guy out at the uh, KJV only church in, uh, gosh, I forget where he's at now. I forget his last name too. I've seen he, clips of him. He's all over the internet. Yeah. 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 He, yeah. he looks like Jack from lost. Yeah, Matthew Fox. Yeah, so he uh, he he was on an interview with James White uh, years ago, and James White's an awesome reformed uh, apologist. He's written several books, uh, and they were having focuses in church history, I believe. Yeah, oh, absolutely, Uh, and actually has a specialty in the Gnostic Gospels too. So if you're ever interested in reading uh, or understanding why the Gnostic Gospels do not fit in to the canon of Scripture, uh, he's got a couple books on it, but. Um, he was having the conversation with the, that pastor that I was telling, I can't remember his last name. I know Steven is his first name, I think. Um, and, uh, his, the, the man's excuse for how he just knows that, uh, the KJV is the only, he's like, I just know. It's just, I just know. I just know that it's the only authorized word, but he couldn't even historically, he couldn't back up why he held that view. Uh, why he, you know, um, believe the things that he did, but, uh, you know, he, he does, he will say that if you, if you hear the gospel message, not out of the KJV, then you aren't hearing the true gospel. That's ridiculous. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah. Like, so, uh, keep, he... so keep going about your, so this was a KJV only church. You didn't know about it from the beginning. You had gone to the pastor trying to get some discipleship and mentorship, uh, ultimately to lead into you becoming a chaplain in the army, yeah. you know, yeah. converting from a, an O three, uh, 
you know, officer to an O3 chaplain, I would assume. Mm -hmm. Um, I was going to keep my rank. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, talk more about it. Was, was that pretty much it or was there some, some other stuff there? Uh, other stuff that I just bringing up would just be gossip at this point. Yeah. 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 Sure. Um, Sure. Um, it just, uh, I, I think I made myself vulnerable and, uh, Mm. it just, uh, the deceit and the, just the, it, I and I mean this isn't severe, right? It's not like right, right. Um, there's there's people out there with some very serious church hurt. Like one of the first people I followed on TikTok uh, was a woman who was just sharing the gospel, and she was mm. she had a Christian account, and uh, the I, I think it was like her fifth video I ever seen of her. Um, she basically was talking about how her pastor, she was a secretary at the church, and her pastor kind of pulled her to her on her side of the, his desk mm. and kind of pulled her down into his lap. This is a married man, yeah. a shepherd of flock. And this is him basically making a pass at her and yeah. kind of taking Sex- It's sexual stuff. assault or harassment at a minimum. I mean, it's at not a minimum, appropriate. Right. But right. like this man does not uh, deserve to be in that position yeah. no longer. And I can only imagine what she had to deal with leading up to, you know, because there's probing, right? There's grooming that occurs where he's probably touched her shoulder and sure. slowly have made passes. And just watch anything on Netflix. If you don't know what grooming is, just watch anything on Netflix. <laughs> yeah. Grooming everybody to be pedophiles, but go yeah. ahead. Go. <laughs> yeah. Um, nice Netflix slam. Um, yeah. So, you. yeah. So, so like, there are severe cases where, you know, people who are supposed to be leaders within the church are hurting people. Yeah. Um, emotionally, physically, um, a lot of times it is sexually uh, um, uh, driven. Yeah. And I, I never want to take away from those experiences because um, I think there there's something to be said about the ex-evangelical movement and how these people are trying to say, hey, you know what? We want to break away from evangelicalism because it is bad. It is wrong. This is this is all the bad things it does. And the charismatic movement does not help with that because no. they're just a lot of those individuals in the ex evangelical movement were in a charismatic church of some kind when they were heard. Right. It's lawlessness, uh, dude. It is. Um, but I, I and, and I hope that we can show that like there is a, there's a true body of Christ out there and people yes. are trying to, to reach and, and I am not perfect by any means, um, right. but I, I hope the Holy Spirit, if I was ever living a life that was two-faced or uh, double-minded, that he would help me pull myself out of that position mm-hmm. and let somebody else step in my place. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, and we certainly, uh, for those that you know may not be believers or may have experienced some church hurt, uh, we, we do not condone that sort of stuff. Uh, there is, uh, in fact, I bet you, Logan, you and I, uh, would probably consider a lot of modern day, either large churches or mega churches. We would probably find, uh, a lot of disqualifying features within some of the leadership and eldership of some of those churches. Yeah, Uh, absolutely. and so we don't we don't condone that. We don't say that that's all right. Uh, but what we do recognize, and I think what most Christians, most logical Christians recognize, is that man is flawed. 
which is the entire reason for Jesus in the beginning. We can't save ourselves. We can't do everything right. If we can do anything right at all, which I would say there's a pretty strong argument that we can't do anything right. Um, and so it's more about the... It, I think half of the problem is people's unwillingness to repent when they've made a mistake. Yeah. And uh, especially people that are in positions of leadership in churches, uh, it, it must be an ego thing. They're just not able to say, look, hey, I messed up. I did this wrong. Like, I, I can't tell you the last time that I – and I, I bounced around churches a lot because of being active duty. So, uh, But I can't tell you the last time that I have seen – a man of God that leads a church, uh, stand up and say, look, I messed up. I did mm. this wrong. Uh, I need to repent to the body. Like the, the reconciliation that can happen through repentance is yeah. almost supernatural. I mean, it, it basically is supernatural Absolutely. because it comes from the Lord. But every time that, a, that someone in a leadership position, an elder or pastor or whatever, every time that they commit a sin in darkness or unrepented, it drives a further wedge into the body that they have been called to shepherd over. Yeah. And it's, and it just does damage. It does terrible, tremendous damage and repentance brings, it's like a sweet salve. It's like a, a, a bomb for a burn. You know, it, it brings, how mad can you be? Let, let me just add, you're married. You've been married for six years. Let's just say, you know, you're, you and the wife are fighting and you're just mad, right? But how mad would you be, Logan, if your wife came up and said, please forgive me. I am so sorry. I, I repent. I please forgive me. How can you stay mad? How does anybody stay mad? Yeah, we're actually fighting right now. <laughs> oh, are you? My wife and I had a fight today. We should talk about that too. That's what I was late for coming on. Um, no, that actually happened once where my wife actually came to me and she's just sobbing and she's like, I need to say I'm sorry. Mm. And nothing but me wanting to like wipe her tears and show her Absolutely. grace came for me, right? Um, and also for that pastor that would stand up and repent and say, look, I... I need to be reprimanded for X, right. Y, and Z. Um, what an example. Right. Right. That is a, such an example for us. Uh, so currently, um, one of the churches I'm thinking about attending is uh, right now they're dealing with some church leadership stuff. Mm. Um, you know, one of the deacon's daughters um, uh, got pregnant out of wedlock, very mm. young. Um and, you know, asking the deacon to step down and right. handle his family and take care of that um, and and perform church discipline biblically, yeah. uh, the family kind of doesn't want to even hear it. And it's not, it's not a, a, an opportunity to shun, right. but to reconcile and say, look, we love you. We understand right. things happen. We understand, you know, we all have been there. Um, but bravo for that church, man. That's uh... – I don't hear much of that sort of thing happening. So that's a pretty incredible just for them having a hard stance on something like that. Yeah. Um, because well, it's, ca it's causing a lot of people to like take sides and stuff. And he's trying to Natural. not have that happen. Right. Sure. He's like, look, this is not about me. It's not about the church. It's not right. If it, it's about her and right. helping her. Um, but, well, but, but God also, I mean, it is about the other things too, in a sense, because God, gives us very clear 
yeah. um, qualifications uh, for elders, deacons, pastors. Uh, specifically, the one that you're mentioning uh, is in regards to. Um, oh gosh, I don't want to misspeak, but it's uh, it has to do with their children. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to find it here, unless you have it off the top of your head. I do but, not. Uh, uh, I want to say, I mean, it's either Timothy or Titus, man. First Timothy, second Timothy or Titus. It's all, uh, excuse me, Pastor Google is going to find the answer for me here. Because I should say Maybe. Pastor Duck, Duck, Go. He should uh, be a lover of one life. <laughs> he, should, he should be a lover of one wife. One wife, yep. He should raise his kids appropriately. Yeah, I'm gonna look. For I wish, I wish I was an individual that can just like just pull scripture from my mind. An able manager of his children and household. Boom. The Bible specifically, and it looks like this this is coming out of uh, Titus chapter one. Uh, looks like verses like actually all of chapter one pretty much, but um, it they must not be an addict, not greedy, uh, for dishonest gain, blameless. The husband of one wife and able to manage his children and a household. Can you, like, what do you think of when you think of a pastor's kid? When I think of a PK? Yes. Like, naturally, um, I I think highly of them, right? Because I hold them to a different standard than, you know, members of the congregation. But what's the the general... You know, what's the general kind of like... What's the social, like, stigma on them? They're, They're wild. They're wild, right? Yeah. So how many pastors are disqualified based on that? I mean, we've almost made a joke out of it in the sense mm-hmm. of, oh, I'm just a pastor's kid. I'm crazy. I just uh, had sex outside of marriage for 10 years. But yeah. it's like – but, you know, like if people took those things serious in the church, I mean, maybe that's why – maybe maybe this is ultimately where this – it seems like there there is a judgment – Mm-hmm. on the church uh, that is being enacted over the last probably, well, for sure over the last two years, I think, uh, I have my my suspicions that at the start of the onset of COVID was a major, major uh, way of God shining a light on the issues of the church mm. uh, in, in the ways in which, A, they handled the uh, the issue of, of COVID and how they handled people that had issues with COVID or, or now, you know, whatever, but there was a lot that, uh, there was a lot that happened in a very short span of time. Uh, I started to see all these idols, like in my life, I saw these idols just being torn down, these Dagons, uh, on the mantelpieces just being knocked over because, uh, I trusted the government. Uh, I put a lot of hope in, in politicians and in government. I put a lot of hope in church uh, in pastors to, to do things. Uh, I put a lot of hope, uh, you know, uh, in higher education. It's very strange, but in the last two years, a lot of these things have kind of like been picked apart. Uh, so these pillars like, of yours started just crumbling before. Yeah, you... wow. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I, think a lot that... has happened in the past few years. People don't realize that like yeah. the American people and the world as a whole, but America specifically, we have gone through a significant amount of cultural change. Yes, um, sir. I would love to do an episode where we just talk about like from 2020, January 2020 to now yeah. um, and the in the, the flux of how, you know, people have actually shifted party lines, mm. right? They've yeah. shifted, shifted denominations. Reformed theology has boomed since 2020. Um, yeah. 
there's been a significant push uh, back against like, you know, false doctrine. It, mm. You you really do if you take a step back, you really start to see God, like His His sovereign like His providence over COVID really start to shine. This was the first time in my lifetime that I've ever seen how it was possible for the state to rid itself of Christians. Mm. Like on a very minimal level, and obviously, you know, we're not talking, there was no camps, there was not, you know, none of that, but there was very specific, I think very demonic uh, instances of, um, of the church being uh, subject to the will of the state and to the will of the government versus yep. to the will of God. Yep. And pastors were afraid. Like I, to me, the most frustrating thing is like, these are the pastors, the same pastors that shut down their churches, that closed the doors of the church or that mandated their, their congregation to wear masks are the same pastors that three, four years ago were telling you, no matter what, I'm not going to deny Christ. Uh, mm. I, you know, um, we, you know, persecution is coming and we're going to stand in the face of it and we're going to stand up to persecution and we're never going to back down. And the second the government said, oh, we think we know what's best for you and for your flock, they folded immediately. Yep. Except there, for it, except for one. Which one? Whoa. John MacArthur. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure, out of California. They, so, yeah. And he, yeah, right. And so there's there's churches in California being mandated to close, but strip mm-hmm. clubs that can remain open. Yeah, bars right. open, yeah. Uh, and, liquor stores and, open. And I, I actually that there was a moment I'm watching John explain like all the the, the controversy they had to go through, the mm-hmm. fact that they've gone to court, the fact that they had to start putting money into um, a trust because they, you know, that. They were being sued. They were being fined every month or every week, um, and they did not close their doors because he and he, he didn't say this, but he basically alluded to the idea that either Jesus is on the throne or he isn't. Amen. Either either he's real and he, he is who he says he was, or he's not, and there's no hope for mankind anyways, and all mm. this is pointless. Wow. This one, one day the sun's going to explode. And all of this was for nothing, or mm. he is the redeemer of mankind, and I'm going to stand by my king side. Man, that's and, powerful. Yeah, and it like it was at that moment that I stopped like being lukewarm and on the fence mm. about things. I, and and I didn't even re- I didn't even realize I was. I thought I was. I thought I was like sure. you know gung ho. Like yeah, put a bullet yeah. in my head. I'm not going to denounce Jesus. But it, and there was other aspects of my life where I was walking the line versus saying you know what, he's either yeah. on the throne or he isn't. Well, isn't it interesting when you think about it, you know, and we can do a we can do a, a whole thing on, on politics, I'm sure you guys I mean, mm. that's half of my TikTok channel is making fun of politics. So I feel like I, I, I know a lot, you know, enough about it. But um, it's uh, oh, I don't remember what I was going to say. I would doggone it. I just forgot. <laughs> it's OK. Uh, I think that. Uh, I think God has has. Uh, I, I remember what it was. So we. America itself was founded on the idea of a place where people can worship God without anybody telling them yes or no. I mean, that is ultimately, if you if you boil down, if you nitpick all the other stuff and get rid of all the other stuff, the people were leaving England because that country was trying to tell them how they can worship, how they are allowed to worship God. And then there was taxes involved and everything else. So there's a lot, there's a lot of things within there. So 
when America was founded, we were founded with this idea of we have freedom to worship God as we choose. And we have laws in place to protect our citizens from going to jail for proclaiming Jesus or, you know, for for praying for somebody or for taking care of a homeless person. Um, and uh, there's something about like it, it's not it's not us getting political in saying, well, I'm going to stand up for my freedoms because I think that there is something inherently ingrained in the freedoms that we have in this country that directly reflect the grace of God. Yeah. And, and gosh, I, you know, I'm not a nationalist. I am not, mm. uh, I, I, I will probably never stand up and say the pledge of allegiance again, to be quite frank. I've, I've given up on a lot of that idolatry. Um, but I'm not going to mock anybody that does. I just, this is where I'm at in my life, but, but doggone it, man. Like this has stirred not only a sense of freedom and a desire for freedom within me, uh, autonomy from the state, not autonomy. Like I don't want to be autonomous from God. I don't want to, I don't want to, I can't, I'm, I'm, I'm fully dependent on God for everything. Um, but there's a lot of things that get in the way of that. So, uh, Oh, we got lightning. Nice. Yeah. yeah. We might lose power. So if we lose power, that's that's now you know. Just, <laughs> just in case. In advance. Uh, nice. Yeah. So uh, I guess, I don't know. Sorry for that rant. I didn't really mean to kind of like good. go off on that. But uh, COVID really, it really messed me up, man. Let's talk about, so I'll talk about church hurt. It's on the topic. So the uh, I have a couple stories, you know, of, of presenting myself to a pastor and saying, Hey, look, I, you know, I've been called to teach. I've been called to, to do some sort of a ministry. Um, can you help me? Can you guide me? Can you, you know, mentor me through that? And and they've yeah. said no, but one of the most recent church hurts that kind of came alongside of COVID was we had just moved here. I had retired. We had just found a church that we really liked. It was a reformed church. Uh, it's very, those are hard to find out here and I'm in the Bible belt, dude. And it's, most of it is not reformed. I mean, it, nope. a good majority of it is, is not. So, uh, we found a reformed church. It was great. You know, everything about it was good. I loved the pastor. I loved the, you know, the people that we were hanging out with. Um, but when the mask mandate stuff started happening, well, the first thing that happened that I felt like was uh, a, a red flag was we were meeting, we were doing these life groups where we'd meet over at like people's houses. Um, they wouldn't, they, it was starting to get cold. They didn't want to meet inside because of COVID. They wow. wanted to meet outside. And then uh, as it started to get colder and outside wasn't really reasonable, then they, they were like, well, we can meet in a garage. And then it was like, well, we could meet inside and wear masks. And I was like, then I was like, dude, I can't do this anymore. Like this is, it, it's just, I, I get it that some people are afraid, but are do we not worship a God that has not given us a spirit of fear? I mean, can we please get over our humanity and our humanness? It's so stupid. Yeah. And uh, so I ended up having to tell, you know, uh, and we they wanted us to wear masks at church and everything. And I, I finally just told the pastor, I said, I'm, we're not coming back, man. I'm sorry. Here's, we, I can't go to a place that is going to tell me that I have to cover my face while I'm worshiping God. Yeah. I just can't. It's just, I'm convicted by it. I can't do it. So I, and I mean, 
I always want to try to see things from the other perspective. I get it. It was it was a fearful time. Nobody understood what was going yeah. on. Uh, we're being fed all this information from the media that millions of people are dying every second. Oh yeah. And, uh, you know, hospitals are full, and it, anybody can catch it. It's in the air. It's on. It's on your surfaces. It, you know, it, if you just breathe the wrong way, it just. Oh it, yeah, there, wash there, your uh, sanitize your groceries for twenty four hours before bringing them in the house. Like yeah. Right. It like it, it, it got crazy. Um, and that just shows you how easy it is to manipulate people in masses, especially when it comes to like when you put something fearful in front of them, like mm. dying. Right. Or an enemy like we did that in World War Two, where we created prop, prop, yeah, propaganda, uh, propaganda <laughs> against the, yeah. like the caricatures that we would mm-hmm. make of Japanese yep. people during world war ii or or nazis right like we completely brainwashed the american people to hate the enemy and i imagine not you even, and i not both even that ex- far back let's talk about afghanistan i was just about to say i imagine you and i both had to deal with uh this idea of terrorism oh right? my and gosh what a terrorist I was... is and we were completely i i was indoctrinated yes uh to just hate terrorists right um, yeah. Which I not mean, even just ter- terrorists, Muslims. But, we right, were indoctrinated but it, it, to hate Muslims. Ex- I, I didn't want to go there, but yes, no, we were, it's totally right? true. <laughs> yeah, because terrorists was like almost almost synonymous yep. with Islam. Yep. Um, and I get you get why the army and or the military does that is because we have to desensitize people to sure. do their job, right? Re- the reason we shoot at silhouettes for practice is because it looks like a human. That way, when we actually go to do, through muscle memory to hit the target, um, we're not going to hesitate. It, it, we're not going to hesitate. And we saw that our early 2003 when they did studies of individuals who actually fired in combat. Yeah. A lot of them uh, claimed that they shot up. They shot, mm-hmm. but they shot up because they didn't want to kill anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, hey, man, this is war. We're at yeah. war. Um, and so, you know, obviously we had to create that desensitization process. Yeah. I think I, I was talking to my wife about this. I think this is such a this is such an important topic that people don't understand if you weren't in it, if you weren't in the military at the time. Um, but we were. I mean, do you even remember how many books within the Christian community were coming out in the early 2000s that were the evils of Islam, the dangers of – I mean, there was so much money that was made by people that just had – it was all propaganda. Um, I I can tell you with the surety that we would sit in trainings, uh, and because my job is – I was a – essentially an MP in the Navy. I was a master at arms. So, mm-hmm. and then uh, on top of that, I did, I, I had a specialty for anti-terrorism training. Mm-hmm. So my job, I mean, I, I was, I was the guy that was doing the indoctrination for the most part. I mean, yeah. it was so ingrained in me uh, that I had a hard time looking at somebody that was of uh, Middle Eastern descent and not feeling like, Oh, they might be, you know, I mean, they they were basically like, well, all good Muslims hate white Americans. Like, that's crazy. Like, in yeah. 2022 to say that now, like, that's insane. I can't believe that I ever bought into it. Yeah. But we were taught that, that they yeah. hate Western ideals. They hate white people. They hate the, the Christians. It, dude... I'm willing to bet, and I I make this statement, you know, with as much sincerity as possible, but I am willing to bet 
most Middle Eastern Muslims couldn't give two rips about what we are doing in America. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're more, well, so it's a collectivist society, right? So here in the West, we're individualistic yes. um, versus them where they're collective. So they, if and you know, I'm just going to generalize, we're taking a village, right? And the, there's a sure. farm in the village. Well, guess what? Everyone in that village is going to work that farm in order to reap the benefits of those crops, right? So everybody in the collective is going to work together yeah. to, you know, prosper together versus here in the West where we're very individualistic. It's like, well, I want to become what I want to become, right? I want to become a lawyer. I don't mm -hmm. care what my family's doing. I don't care about the right. family business. I want to go do my thing. Right. Um, that doesn't happen over there. So yeah, they're, they're more focused on surviving and living mm -hmm. um, than, you know, what's going on in America. And I mean, I imagine they get the propaganda on their side about America being the the great Satan and evil. Right? Sure. And, that, and, and we took that, right? We took that, that they think that we're the great Satan. Right. And so they already think that we're the enemy. So they're right. the enemy. And then we, you know, in 2009, when we started implementing coin, right? Counterinsurgency, um, we had to start winning the hearts and minds of our enemy. Right. I think that's a, a, a far better practice. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. How we, how we well, win wars. The best practice would have been not to be there to begin with. Right. Uh, I, you know, personally, and I don't know where you stand politically on that side, but, uh, I feel like we were, uh, we were buying a lie that made a lot of people rich that made the military industrial complex rich. Uh, and it really just messed up a lot of us, especially a lot of people that served, um, dealing with all kinds of post-traumatic stress, burn pit injuries. I mean, just, uh, the amount of damage that was done, you know, in order for what, for, for some people that we will never meet to make a point and prove something to somebody yeah. else. Like, uh, it's, I have a lot of, I have a lot of built up animosity towards, I was just about uh, to say, it sounds like it. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, because I feel like I was a good dude. I was a good sailor. I was, I was good at what I did. I, I didn't ask questions. I just did what I was told to do. And, um, I didn't know any better and I didn't feel like I could ask any questions. And then, so from, to go from high school at 19 years old to leave my home, leave my family, I went overseas, my first duty station. And then for the next 20 years, I, I became an adult. I became a parent. I became a husband, all of these things uh, while I was still being the best sailor that I could possibly be uh, fast forward, you know, to where I'm at now. And uh, I'm I'm actually able to ask questions. I'm able to be introspective, to look back and be like, what was that? What was I thinking? What was it? And it's it's not that I have a grudge or or that I um, have any regrets or resentments. But doggone it, dude, I wouldn't do it again. Like I, yeah. I'm I'm glad I went through the things that I did. But I see through so much of the lies now, and it it just makes me frustrated. Yeah, I yeah. get that. It's probably not a good place to be, but. I mean, it's the government. It's not God, at least. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and so and I hope and hope um, the this whole ex-evangelical thing, opening up dialogue and helping yeah. them understand yeah. that you know what, just because God's followers, right, just because Christians aren't yeah. good at being like Christ, doesn't mean we need to blame Christ right. and completely throw the baby out with the bathwater. Right. Just move on to the next church, and that's what I did. I, it's, yeah. I I actually had somebody on TikTok tell me they're like, "Wow, you got you 
you were asked to like leave your church and yet you're still out here looking for another one. You're a better man than me. Mm-hmm. That was the comment. And I'm like, and I wanted to make a video to it. I don't think I ever did. Um, because I can't, I can't blame, I can't blame God for his people being the, being the sinful creatures that they are. Right. Right. Like I, I need to focus on continuing to move the kingdom of God forward, regardless of what pain I go through, whatever mm-hmm. trials or suffering or, uh, you know, poor choices or anything that comes my way. I, I got to continue to mm-hmm. put the, the main thing, the main thing, which is to move the gospel across the world. Yeah. Um, and I don't have, like, I, I feel like I don't have time to sit here and, you know, what is it? Swallow in my, like, wallow in your, feeling, your yeah. misery. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, well, so I mean, in the future, like, I would love to get some ex-evangelical, like, head, like, you know, yeah, people on here that are really preaching against evangelicalism and get them on here and just like have that dialogue. Yeah. Like, is it really Jesus's fault, or is that just more of a reason to prove that we all need Jesus? including yeah. the people that follow Jesus. Yeah, I I uh I think you bring up a good point and we can actually uh get ready to kind of close out here because we've been on for about an hour, but uh I think some of the goals that I have for this podcast uh is to find other people that uh you know, cuz both of us we we met each other through TikTok. Uh that's how we met and then that's how we've, you know, come to this uh to the point that we're at now. Uh but there are lots of very smart, very interesting people that are on platforms like TikTok or YouTube that I think would be wonderful if we can get to a point where we bring them in, uh, have conversations, kind of try to dissect some of the stuff that they say, maybe, uh, maybe help them to understand, you know, different other viewpoints as well. Um, you know, there's a, there's a guy, we'll say his name, John, the messenger, if you're watching John, you know, hey, this first of all, you could this could have been yours. I'm just saying. I'm I was just number, saying. I was number two. He was. I know. I, I, I was way down the list. He went my, through his list. Of I know. Before my number one draft pick, dude. I had Marilyn Manson on my list, and he said no. Okay, Logan was the only guy to say yes. Uh, so no, no. Actually, yeah. Truth be told, Logan was actually you were my very first pick. I was gonna. The idea was to get a few other guys and maybe do a collective thing. Mm. often um but the only one that was really receptive to it was you and yeah. so i'm just well hey lord opened a door and uh this is what we're gonna do and we'll figure it out but i want to get guests in i want to talk to people uh maybe eventually get to a point where we can bring in uh more challenging guests mm. that can uh you know that maybe have some very radical views of the bible or other uh spirituality type stuff and we can have conversations about that uh, and I think that. I think that'll come. I think that you and I need to get fully comfortable with each other uh, oh, in, in in our rhythm, find how, you know, what best works and how we bounce off of each other. Um, but uh, once we get there, I think that the potential again, guys, hey, this is the pilot episode. OK, every pilot for every great television show starts off just as bad as this one. So we will get there. <laughs> We will take your feedback. We will listen to what you guys have to say. We want you guys to be involved. Let's let let's make this a community conversation. Uh, let's inspire. Like hopefully, some of these videos can inspire some folks to to take to their own platforms and have a discussion 
to, uh, you know, feel free to download, copy, paste anything that we do or say uh, as a video for yourself. I, I am not uh, trying to, to have carte blanche or, or uh, ultimate, uh, you know, rights to this stuff. I really want it to be uh, a conversation piece for people. Yeah, um, absolutely. So we were going to talk about uh we were going to talk a little bit about our background i think we'll have to save that for uh for the next one but uh, what what we'll do is we were both wanting to to discuss with you guys how we both came from uh non-calvinistic backgrounds mm. uh you know non-reformed backgrounds to the point that we're both embracing reformed theology and would consider ourselves calvinists and and the best way for if you don't know what a calvinist is uh, you're probably better off for it, <laughs> but, uh, cause it'll wreck your brain. It'll wreck your brain when you think about it. But, uh, essentially Calvinism has five statutes or five points, uh, within it that spell out the words tulip. All right. And, uh, the way that it differs from Arminian, uh, or just other beliefs is that we believe in the total depravity of man. All right, that man is completely and utterly depraved and unable to do good on his own. Um, we believe in, help me out because I'm going to, I didn't come prepared. So Total depravity. Total depravity. I mean, uh, the U is uh, unconditional, unconditional election. election. So unconditional election means that it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how good you've been or how bad you've been. God saves who God wants to save. It is up to God. He saves the he can save the dirtiest of sinner or the most the cleanest of king, whatever it is. God chooses. God saves who God saves. Yeah. Um, and it's totally uh, dependent upon him. Um, limited atonement is the next one. Uh, what limited atonement or some people like to call it uh, definite atonement. Mm -hmm. But I think the best way to, to say that is. That God's ability to atone or to bring everybody in to, to oneness with him is completely possible, but it is limited only to those who believe. Yeah. So it is he has the ability and, and the right and whatever to save everybody, but God saves those who believe. So it's limited down to those who express that faith uh, in, in Jesus Christ as our risen King, Lord, and Savior. Um Irresistible grace. Irresistible grace. Uh, why don't you take irresistible grace? I already did the first three. Yeah, so irresistible grace is this idea that, um, at least how I like to think of it and how I experienced it, was that you cannot resist the Holy Spirit bestowing grace upon you, that it is mm -hmm. irresistible, and that whoever the Holy Spirit calls will come. Right, The moment you come into uh, relationship with him, one of the uh, cries of the Reformation was that um, – regeneration precedes faith right mm -hmm. and so that idea comes from or the idea of irresistible return irresistible grace mm -hmm. uh, comes from this idea that the holy spirit when he comes upon an individual they will come to belief that it is irresistible for them yeah. to uh deny him at, at that point and i don't know and i i've met people who just can't seem to wrap their like mind around it because they have mm -hmm. this idea of freedom yeah. Um, the, like that, I am free. I can make a choice, but I don't think you can make a choice when the most amazing feeling comes over you. The most amazing anything, right? Presence is with you, and you say, "Nah, you know what? I don't want that." 
Oh, come well, on, man. It's, the way I, I kind of think of it, too, is uh, when God – it's like unlocking something in your brain, it, it, in your heart first. Yeah, but it, the heart stone, the, the brain. heart flesh. Right. And it's like uh, – well, the Bible calls it a circumcision of the heart. Hmm. What I, how I like to think of it is in the com, you know, terms of like unlocking a character in a video game or, or something. It's like you, until, it's almost like if until you, oh gosh, how there's no until you like, experience it, you can't understand it. Yeah, I mean, that. who would deny God if they truly knew who He was, like? Hmm. To me, that's the, the best way of saying it is like God introduces himself to you. He makes your heart of stone into a heart of flesh. Uh, he, he, I mean, they, they don't call it born again for no reason. It's a literal birthing of a new, it's, it's the Holy Spirit activating a, a piece of you that has been dead since you've been born. So imagine uh, never knowing about this, never having any idea that this, um, knowledge of god exists and all of a sudden you just you're like oh i get it i yeah. get it i understand it's, uh, i listen you know who you, i'm sure you know who jordan peterson is right mm-hmm. so michaela peterson his daughter she also does tiktoks and she she has really yes and so he, her testimony uh she is she was describing and there's one video i'll send it to you too um there's one video where she's describing she ha- was at the lowest point of her life and felt like she just didn't have anywhere to turn. She had a friend that was a Christian, and she had a conversation with that friend, and she was just telling, "I just can't believe. I don't get it. I don't understand how you under how you believe this, how you uh, can think of God that way, how you can you know accept that Jesus is the only way." Um, and her friend said, uh, "Listen, just go to God. Just talk to Him." Like you're talking to me, have a conversation with him and see what happens. And she testifies that she went to bed doubtful and woke up and she understood it and she got it. And she, and she didn't. And she said, that's the only way that I can describe it is when I went to bed that night, I did not believe and nothing made sense. And when I woke up the next morning, I understood it. I just understood it. And to me, that's irresistible grace is God unlocks that faith because it's a faith is a gift to begin with. He gives you the Amen. faith to believe it. It comes in such a way that you can't deny it. You just can't. And uh, and you wouldn't want to because we've been created with a specific thing within us. And and so instead of being poo pooing the idea and being like, well, why don't you save those guys, too? He saved you. Let's focus on that first. Right? It's not like, fair. It's right. not fair, though. Nothing's fair. None of us should be saved. If <laughs> yeah. it was fair, we would all be in hell. <laughs> you want fair? We're all going to hell. Right. Fair. And so the final one is is the P. Perseverance. Perseverance of the saints. Um, yes, which I think so that he... you can be – now, hey, let me just interject real quick. You can believe in perseverance of the saints and not be a Calvinist. There, are, I know lots of Christians that do. So go ahead. Mm. Uh, so the idea is basically once saved, always saved, right? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, once, once you have been regenerated to faith, once you have been born again, um, your he who has begun a good work in you is going to see it through see it to through completion. To yes, amen. Um, and I couldn't tell you what 
chapter and verse that is. I, <laughs> I just have it memorized. I want to say it's in Philippians, actually. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I hope it's in the Bible. <laughs> it is definitely yeah. in the Bible. I can confirm yeah. that for you. Yeah, but so he that uh, has uh, begun a good work in you is going to see it through to completion. That mm. he, all those that he has uh, called, you know, that have, have been called to Christ and have received Christ, um, that no one's going to snatch them from his hands, right? Yes. So once you have been born again, um, he's going to keep you and he's going to help preserve you and he's going to help you grow in that process of sanctification. Yeah. And sometimes it's a lot harder for people than others. Like I've known drug addicts that like gave up their addiction immediately and others who struggled for years, but yet still put Christ above all. Yeah. And, and I think it really, if you acknowledge that nothing that you can do saves you, right? Like nothing, Mm -hmm. nothing that you can do, uh, you know, no a mat, no matter of uh, rule following, no matter of good deeds, enough, none of that saves you. So if you think – so if you can agree that nothing saves you, then why would you think that something that you do would unsave you? Right. To me, that's the most basic logical thing. And, and I – you know, once saved, always saved. It gets bad press sometimes. Uh, one of the things that I like to say, and I think it was Sproul that may have said – it may have been Spurgeon that said it too. But they said, if saved, always saved. Yeah. So if you are saved, you are saved forever. And, uh, you know, that's good. Yeah. We need to, man, I, I wish we could talk for like two to three more hours. I know it's not reasonable to do that on our first podcast and people won't really appreciate it. Uh, so let's, uh, let's, I'm going to start the music. This is our closeout, uh, Oscar music. Um, give us your final thoughts for today, Logan. I'll give you mine. And then we're going to close out of here. Yeah. I just want to thank all of you that, uh, did come out and, listen and are watching this currently thank you for entertaining uh or giving us your time it's the most precious thing you have in this world um and you're giving it up for us right now so thank you i hope you learned something i hope you learned a little bit about us and uh, yeah i hope to see you come back amen all right well and i'll just kind of echo oh now i'm blurry hang on a second let me talk to the hand for a second there we go not blurry anymore i am still blurry anyway you look good on my end Oh, good. Well, I'm just being paranoid about it then. Um, I just want to thank you guys for coming out here. Um, a lot of people are have, have expressed some interest in this. Uh, I don't know where your station is in life. I don't know what you know about God or what you don't know. You don't know what you don't know, right? Uh, Logan and I, our, our mission, our goal is to answer questions and to uh, give people some sense of, of assurance of who God is and what he is doing in their lives. Uh, and we both believe that the gospel of Jesus Christ is the power of God unto salvation. Uh, so we, what we'll do in probably every podcast is we're going to end it with this. Uh, Jesus Christ is the promised prophesied Messiah that came, that died on a cross, that took the sin, that, that took sin upon himself in order to destroy sin and death. And those who believe are set free and free indeed. And if you want to believe, if or if you believe, if something, if anything that we've said tonight resonates with you and you've never heard something like that or you've never understood it, I believe that that's God speaking to you. Uh, and you are welcome to reach out. We can pray for you. We can talk to you. We can answer your questions. Doctrinesofrad at gmail.com is the place to go. Or hit us up on the socials, on any of our socials, both Logan and mine. I'm going to put them up here real quick one more time for you so you can see it. Um, 
That's uh, Real Drew Kaler is mine. And yes, it's Kaler, not Kohler. Everybody thinks it's Kohler. Um, Real Drew Kaler is mine on TikTok and on Twitter. And I think, and Logan's is Carrier CrossFit on TikTok. Anywhere else? That's it. All right. Well, that's been a blessing. Logan, stick around so we can chat after this, but I'm going to close out the podcast. God bless you guys. Love you so much. Enjoy the rest of your week, and we'll see you next time on the Doctrines of Rad podcast.